Hi there, you're listening to The Jasmine Star Show, a podcast for hustlers and dreamers to get kick in the pants business advice with a little bit of fun mixed in. Speaking of fun, today's episode is an interview I had air on NBC's New York Live. Hey, tell my New Yorkers, I'm hanging out with y'all today. Now, I'm not sure how much y'all know about TV spots. I didn't know a darn thing about it. But what I've learned is that after we have long form interviews and like they take place, the video team will edit it down to a four minute clip to air. Joelle is a friend that I met online and she is amazing. And she produces a segment about goal setting, fresh starts, and how to create a plan to do what exactly you want to do. Even though just a short bit actually aired on television, Joelle's team was really gracious to share the entire interview with us. And I get to share that with you on the podcast today. So friends, I am honored to play for you the entire interview. So prepare your hearts for a fun, crazy, and very fast conversation about what it takes to have a fresh year, a fresh start, and a fresh you. So Jasmine, the people who know you on the surface know you as a business strategist, a social media expert, an all-around wonderful woman, but I know that your story runs a lot deeper than that, and I know that you're someone who can actually answer this question. So I'm going to ask you to take me from the beginning. For me, the story of stories start in 2005. I'm a first-generation daughter of immigrants. I'm a first-generation college graduate. I'm a first-generation postgraduate. I was in law school when my mom had a relapse of brain cancer, and that was the first time in my life where I I was forced to actually make a decision between the safe path, the predictable path. This is the daughter of an immigrant and education is the way you get out of the hood versus desire and want and what you believe your purpose is in life. It was watching my mom not only battle and against the odds she became healed was the first time that I realized life is short. And it was at that time where I made the decision to pursue creativity, to pursue entrepreneurship and to pursue standing in my purpose even if it didn't make sense to people. And I also love that baby Luna just made a little appear. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to keep it together. And I'm like, she's 11 months old. And I'm like, shut the door. Uh- <laughs> Wait, and I'm, I will never be able to name drop like this ever again in my life. But I was interviewing Tom Hanks recently. And the entire time my, my little one was outside banging on the door, but it's like, it's a four minute window that you wind up getting. So you're like, <laughs> and you know, it's kind of just like, if there's ever been a time that people just get it, it's like, now. it's now. And I'm like, we yeah. don't have office spaces to go to. We don't have places. Like, let me just sneak away to my second house. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like uh, COVID had like this wake up call and it's like learning to see a balance. And instead of focusing on the screams, I want to focus that hopefully it registered us in her mind to watch her mom pursue, even though the odds aren't exactly working in her favor. Okay. You said something which was crazy to me because it's something I always say when I think about my girls. I always say that I want my ceiling to be their floor. And I was listening to a podcast episode and you ended it that way. And I feel that on every single level. And I guess it brings me to the question of, you know, we are entering this new year. And I know that everybody always focuses on new year, new you, but I don't think we should change all of us. So I'm going for new year better us. New Year improved us, which A, makes me want to ask you what your why is first or your purpose. And then B, I also want to just ask for your advice for other people on how to level up in both life and business. 
So um, a couple of days ago, I was listening to an interview with Stacey Abrams. She ran to be the governor in Georgia. And unfortunately, it didn't work out for her in that capacity. Now, regardless of what political affiliation you associate with, the, the tenet of her story was rooted in how she has a plan. And she says that in order to achieve what you want, in order to get what you want, you need to have a plan. But first, you need to ask yourself, what do you want? And then the second question you have to ask yourself is what you just asked me right now. Why do you want it? And for so long, I was pursuing things to prove that I belonged in the boardroom, to prove that I was worthy of an investment, to prove that I could work with an editor or an art director. And then all of a sudden, I felt like it was vacuous. For so many, for so many years, I wasted them in futility being like, I'm doing this to prove something. And the minute I shifted my perspective to be like, why are you doing it? And I realized that there's so many other women specifically women of color, specifically daughters of immigrants who never gave themselves the permission to get into the room, to ask for what they deserve, or to even have the courage or the chutzpah to pursue what they truly want. I do what I do to show that people who don't have the biggest or the best education, the most money, the fanciest car, the nicest zip code, that they too hold the keys to their future. And if they are given the permission from themselves to pursue what they want, they then change their family. They then changed. This is the family heirloom that there was one person in the family tree who decided to say, I am worthy. I am enough. And I could do the dang thing. If somebody could look at me and she's like, that hot mess of a girl is doing it. I think I can too. That is why I show up every single day. And I want you to explain to everybody what you do. And then, and also I, you know, I know that you mentioned it, but going back, you know, you, your mom homeschooled you, your mom, and you talk about her education. You talk about all of these things. She homeschooled you and your twin sister. And, to go from there to then you going to law school and then, and then making a shift. I think that's something that, listen, like I used to be an accountant before all of this. I worked in accounting and finance because I just thought that that's what you need to do. Right. Uh, But it's really hard to make a shift like that because you know, I guess just the title that, that you assume that people will, I don't know. It's like something we just do it because we think we should do it. Not really because we want to do it, but Take me back to you being in law school and making a decision to not continue with it. You know, it wasn't an easy decision because for so long, there were so many people who were so excited because they felt like a piece of them was going to law school when they were able to support me and just say, you can do it. Represent us. May you open doors for people where doors will always remain shut. And I felt the weight and the responsibility of that. But I also knew that I am not responsible for the happiness or hope of anybody else but myself. It's one of those things where they teach you like to put your air mask on before you put your air mask on anybody else. If I was living to fulfill somebody else's wishes or desires, that I would end up being the sacrificial lamb. And I don't think any of us should ever sacrifice who we are meant to be as a result of what other people wanted for us or put their expectations on. So then you you take a leap of faith, you buy a camera and you say, okay, I'm going to be a photographer. I didn't actually love myself enough to bet on myself. I just could not say, I'm going to walk away from law school and I want to pursue this. I had just gotten married and I talked to my husband and I said, I'm so unhappy in law school and I don't want to go back. And I know life is short and I know I want to be creative and I won't give myself the permission to take a risk. And that Christmas, which is about a month and a half after we had that conversation, I unboxed a camera and he said, I was on a scholarship, a full ride scholarship to UCLA law school. 
And I had three years. I took a medical leave when my mom had a relapse of brain cancer. And it was during this time that I'm trying to figure out what I want to do with my life. And he said, you have three years to go back and get your scholarship. How about you give yourself a year to try out what it would feel like to be a photographer with this camera. And let me just tell you, it was the world's simplest camera. It was not fancy. It's like the kind of camera you can get at Best Buy. But I was like, oh, I'm out here going to be like Annie Leibovitz and Ansel Adams. Watch out. There's a Latina who's still with a camera. Okay. I was terrible. I was terrible. I thought I was going to be amazing. I was terrible. I was a terrible photographer. And guess what? I gave myself a year to be terrible. I went to Google. I went to YouTube. I believe when you asked why or what do you think you do, when you tell people you do, I tell people I empower them to believe that impossibilities are possibilities for them. You tell me you want to be a dog walker, we're going to make you a dog walker. You tell me you want to sell essential oils, you tell me you want to be an interviewer, you want to tell me you want to be an influencer. I empower people who are disenfranchised, the low on their luck, the bad news bears to take the little they have because the internet has been democratized. We now are our own TV shows. We now are our own press conduits. We are now our own PR agencies. How you want to show up. Everything you want on the other side of your desire in life can be attained by you if you have a plan and a strategy. Yes, I primarily talk to business owners. I build strategies around building a business online. But anything you want to do, you tell me, we'll figure out a plan. I believe that impossibilities are possibilities. I've lived it as proof and being the most uneducated, underfunded, unconnected person. If I can do it, I firmly believe other people can do it too. And there, right there, you just took us to church and you did what you always do. (laughs) What you always do and you do it so well. And can you just let the audience know how you do that? What do you do that through? Yes. Well, first and foremost, the way that we would be intercepted is you will never find me like, hey, sign up for this free class. Hey, do you want to better your life? Hey, no, I want you and me to meet online like we're homies. We just cross paths on the subway and you're like, I like that person. I'm the kind of person that wants to buy you a cup of coffee, pay for it, walk out the door and be like, who just bought me my coffee? I like to do that on the internet. I create free resources. I create posts. I create videos. I have blog posts. I have IGTVs. I have ways to share about what I know when it comes to social media marketing. That's what I do. And then after you are intercepted in my orbit and you're like, I kind of like the way she shares content. I kind of like the way that she makes it simple. I kind of like the way that she kind of kicks me in the pants and holds me to what I want to do. Then what we do is specifically for business owners, we empower people to show up consistently on social media. I have a business entitled, entitled, what am I like the poet laureate entitled, (laughs) I have a business called Social Curator. And what me and my team do is we provide stock photos for people who don't have photos to show up. We provide caption templates. We provide group coaching. We're basically here to be a little angel on your shoulder to say, have you posted? Have you marketed your business? What do you need? For every excuse, you will come out with why you aren't building out your business on social. We're going to be right there. Like, we got you. We got you. That's what we do at Social Curator. And you do it for such a good price that I'm going to tell you the truth, Jasmine. When I found it, I I missed the cutoff. And I missed the cutoff because I was like, this is too good to be true. And then I was kicking myself in the butt. (laughs) Like, you know, because really, the other thing is you're giving people so many wonderful free resources on your social media across all platforms. So I do want to say, you know, it's, it's a new year and people are working on their goals. What are your tips for people to goal set properly? You know, uh, we do have a system. I'm all about systems. If nothing else, I know how to be consistent. So if you 
don't feel like you have the most money, if you feel like you don't have the most connections, if you feel like like, in the past I've done this, no, we're going to start today. We're going to have a very clear plan. I like to work in the amount of a year. So what we do is we break it into quarters. A quarter is three months. What I want to do is have one big goal every three months. Now I get this. People are like, oh no, I want to do 14 goals. Well, when you chase 14 rabbits, you miss them all. You chase one, a higher likelihood of actually executing. And oftentimes studies have shown that when you have a goal or you have a lot of goals, a lot of them can be clumped into segmented goals, right? So let's just say you're a business owner. You want to like new you, new year, updated, improved you. And this is going to be like, I want to get out and I want to put on, I want to get a website. Great. If you want to launch a website in three months, you can't do it overnight, right? So if you're saying, I want to launch a website in three months, what I like to do is I like to break up monthly goals. So at the end of your quarter, what do you need to do at the end of the second month? What do you need to do at the end of the first month? And if you're like in the first month, well, I need to write it about me and I need to get new headshots and I need to figure out what my products are. In month one, you break it down every single week. Week one, I need to plan a photo shoot. Week two, I need to write my bio section. Week three, I need to actually find out what my product is. Once you have that, then you can go to Month two, what's happening in month two? Do you need to find a graphic designer? Do you hire a template? Do you do it yourself? Do you connect with an email service provider so that you're getting leads and acquisitions? They're like, that's what I need to do. Great. Now you have your plan for the month. You got to get those things in order. So all of a sudden, by the end of the quarter, your big goal, you've done the things that you wanted to do. Now, now remember, we're not just launching a website. By the time you launch your website, you will have your bio. You'll have new, fresh headshots. You'll have a lead mag. You'll have acquisitions. You'll know what your purpose is. That right there is massive. And we did all of that in three months, not because we're special or cute, but because we had a plan. And you're holding people accountable to the plan, which is huge. Listen, I am the queen of to-do lists and this and that. And when, when I actually sit down to do it, I do it. But if I don't write it down, guess what? I don't do it. It will yep. not get done. And, and that's, that's just right. me. Okay. So what would be your, what would be your advice? I know so many people, especially during this time, they, they've all kind of gotten these side hustles. And I know a lot of people, they want to take that side hustle and they have hopes of turning into something more, but it's really scary to leave your main source of income behind. And I think a lot of people don't even know where to start. So what advice would you have for people like that? Well, you're talking to a daughter of an immigrant. You know, they, they often talk about money patterns and money patterns are developed throughout childhood. So I saw my parents lose two homes. I saw my father lose his job. I saw many different situations that all of a sudden program me to think about money in a certain way. So when it came time for me, because I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth to decide and pursue my passion side hustle as a full-time thing, I was working like 15 hour days. Prior to this, I had a job where I worked four days a week and I would take one day. So I was working longer days. So I would go in at eight and I would stay there until six. And so I would have a short or a non-existent day on a Friday. I would plan photo shoots. I would do all day learning on the internet. I didn't transition away from that job until I had secured income from my side hustle that was equal to what my full-time job was going to bring me. I was never going to be like on a wish and a prayer. I'm going to build out my business. It's kind of like I had a proven product. It was scary, but I also knew that I could sustain it at least for a year. That's smart. So people should try to a start bringing in some income and then match match their current income, right? Because none Absolutely. of us. I mean, especially Absolutely. with the economy the way that it or is. If you have the ability. If you have the ability to save your income, 
if you're in that fortuitous position and mm-hmm. you want to be very stringent with how you save, I think that'd be fantastic because you absolutely need to have some financial cushion as you pursue things professionally. Let me ask you this. What is one thing that everybody should start doing in the new year? Being consistent, being consistent in all ways. You show people you care for them when you stay committed and you walk in integrity. If I'm going to say I'm going to show up and we're going to have this conversation, I better be there a minute early. If I say I'm going to text you next week, I better do that because consistency builds trust. And the more you are consistent with your friends and your family, the more you're consistent to, if you made a dedication to work out, honey, I want to see in March that you're still working out at least 30 minutes a day. If you made the commitment to drink eight glasses of water, you better have a reminder on your phone to drink those eight glasses of water. What happens is that consistency breeds consistency. And the way you act in your personal life, it bleeds on over into your professional life. So if you say that you want to build a business, you can't just build a business two times a month. You don't have a business, you have a hobby, which is fine. I clap that up, but we also have to be real with it. If you are going to say, I really want to build out a, a presence on Instagram, well, then you got to post. And what's your dedication? How consistent are you going to be on that? So consistency in all aspects of your life. I know. <laughs> it's like, I feel like I'm, I'm getting schooled. You're, you're speaking directly to my soul. <laughs> I also want to talk about social media because here's what I love about everything that you do. I listen to your podcast. I watch your videos on social media. I always come out A, entertained, but B, educated. I always walk away knowing something that I didn't know before. And I really admire that about you and, and all that you do. So let's just get some of your social media tips for people. Like, I, I think that sometimes people get a little bit lost. They don't know what what to post. I don't know when to post. Any advice you would have? Absolutely. It goes back to how I answered the previous question. What you're really focusing on is consistency because the fact of the matter is that there is not a turnkey solution. There is not like if you post 600 characters and if you start off with, guess what? Hey there, hoo hoo ha ha. And if you have a photo of you jumping in the wind, then you're going to get all the engagement and a thousand followers. It doesn't work like that. The only way that you know how you should be showing up is by putting out content because your followers will speak to you. Your followers will engage with you. Now, let's just be real. I follow you on Instagram. You post stories of you getting your hair and makeup done, which I find very interesting. But the ones that I engage with are when you were following your husband around and he was singing, I think it was like Pat Benatar. Or <laughs> oh my gosh, Sinead O'Connor, O'Connor. That's who it was. That's who it was. And so all of a sudden I was just like, I felt like I was incentivized and excited to engage because you were so consistent at following him around your apartment. I became invested in the story. You gave me a reason to reach out to you and otherwise... I might not have, but guess what? You would have never have drawn that out of me if you decided to be very judicious. Oh no, I only post if it looks really good. I only, only when I'm feeling fly and fresh, your audience will talk to you about what they want. If you remain consistent, that is the key. Absolutely. You say something else that it's something I'm actually kind of obsessed with. You talk about setbacks being setups. Mm. And I, this is not something I, I speak about publicly, but I got laid off from one of my jobs last year mm. and, and I, I, I haven't said it to anybody. It was the biggest blessing under the sun, but I, I don't think that people can always see those blessings when they happen. And I, I would just love for you to elaborate on when you do say sometimes setbacks are really setups. What do you mean by a that? Percent, a thousand percent. And I'm going to be real 100 I never look at when I get punched in the gut or when I lose an opportunity or if somebody else is selected for for the thing that I truly wanted to do. I am never, oh, diddy bopping. It's great. Let me just pop a bottle of champagne. But I'm also tethered by 
all of my experiences looking back and being like, the reason they said no was so that you had time for this. The reason why that person did not select you is because they ended up being shady and ruining relationships. The reason why you didn't buy that house is because you ended up adopting a daughter. All of the things that at the time I felt like, why God, why ended up being like, oh, there was something better. I learned something. I'm stronger. I'm smarter. I'm protected. I'm thankful. I learned a lesson. All of those things all became my set ups when they started off as setbacks. I'm so curious about what you see for your future, because when you talk, whether it's like this or on any of your other platforms, I mean, to me, you're a motivational speaker. You are the number one cheerleader and an and educator. Like, where do you where do you see yourself? Where do you want to go? Right now, my main focus is staying 100% focused on making Social Curator what it should be. I really just speak my truth. I'm going to tell you, quite honestly, when you said, Jasmine, when you open up Social Curator again, I want to be a part of it. And I was 50% all year and 50% like, we got a lot to do. We got a lot to do. Like any business, you understand that it's pockmarked and it's flawed. And you come in and people are expecting a thing. And if I don't do a good enough job on the front end, clearly explaining what it is we do, people are going to come in and have mismanaged expectations. So what I need to do is instead of thinking about where I want to be, I need to focus on what's going to get me there. Truly, what I would love to do in about 10 years is to understand that I have a multitude or a diverse amount of businesses under one umbrella. I believe that Social Curator will be one subsidiary of the Jasmine Star umbrella, amongst other things. I want to show my daughter what it feels like to have a business that serves my life, not a life that serves my business. But at this point in time, if I look about where I want to be in 10 years, I'm going to be really sad with where I am today. I have very little sleep. I want more money. I want more time. And you want to know what? That's going to come. Not now, but I'm saying that's where I want to go. But right now I'm very thankful for what I have, because if I am not thankful for what I have today, I will never be thankful for what I have in the future. Can I get an amen again? (laughs) You are so lucky we don't live in the same city. Oh, we would tear it up. They they would see us coming. They're like, lock the doors, lock the doors. It's like when people come into my home, they're like, why are you screaming? And I'm not screaming. I'm just talking. (laughs) I always tell people, I'm not yelling. I'm passionate. That's that's exactly right. I I do want to go back for a second because I think I may have jumped on you with this one. But I would love for you to tell everybody your why. Because I know that that is something that you challenge people when they come to you, they say, Hey, I want your help. Cause I want more followers or I want this, or I want that. You always say, well, what is your why? So I am just curious for you. What is your why? My why is to show people what's possible if they give themselves the permission to make mistakes, learn from those lessons and help others along the way. When you, you know, let's just say you're in a room and you hear people talking, they don't know you're in the room and they're talking about Jasmine star. What is it that you want them to say? That she gives more than she takes. I can't take that sentimentality. I can't take that mantra as my own. I do know and have heard and believe that there are other people like that. But that is, it rings so true to me that if I walk out of a room and somebody feels seen, known, and heard, and if somebody says, I really liked the fact that I learned something, I'm empowered, I'm educated, I'm smarter, I'm more excited, I'm more hopeful, I'm more inspired, I will walk out of that room saying, I did the thing that I was put on this earth to do. You know, actually, your mom helped me a lot as well. So there was a podcast episode that you did with your mom and you were homeschooled and she talked about 
just the different methods that she used to teach you and your sister and your sister's insanely successful as well. Um, and I, I just, I, I want to see if you could share that because I think a lot of people right now, right? Like everybody has their own thing right now. Everybody's going through their own thing. I know for so many of us, at least our audience, our kids are home. We're having to play teacher. We're having to, you know, we are wearing more hats than we've ever worn before. By the way, I love your hat too, but we're wearing more hats. And I think that people can learn from the stories that you share and you do share stories about your mom teaching you guys growing up. And I, I would love for you to, to share it here. The best thing about my mom is that even though she didn't go to college and she actually openly states that she didn't do very well in high school is that the thing that she really felt really good at doing was giving her children creative freedom to chart their own path. I didn't learn how to read until I was 11. My my sister as well. Um, We were homeschooled. And so we would have to take state standardized tests to see how things, like how we were faring to make sure. And I was always behind the curve. I was always very slow. And I think another parent would have interjected or intervened or started feeling worried or would doubt themselves. And my mom was so determined. She would tell any person who doubted, like my mom's name is Millie. And they would say, Millie, they're a little behind. And my mom said, They are in love with learning and they are going to figure it out. They being myself and my twin sister. And the minute I started, I'd learned how to read. I wouldn't get a book out of my hand. The minute I started consuming education, I became my own teacher, which is exactly what she predicted. So for parents who are so focused on academics, I encourage that I applaud it. But also at the same time, the reason why I fell in love with learning and being a self-starter was because my mom said, you don't know how to read, but what do you want to learn? And I really wanted to learn about koalas. She went and all we would do is read books about koalas. And we would talk about Australia and we would talk about, we made a salt dough map. We would do painting and then we would go through how to read and how to write on the salt dough map and the things that we incorporated with art and science and math and reading. And that made me fall in love with learning. And when I fell in love with learning, I now teach people how to fall in love with learning, learning how to grow a business, learning how to market yourself on social media, learning how to be consistent. So I do think that what she taught me then is something that I'm now teaching others. God, I got to meet Millie at one point. (laughs) Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you want to share? So in February, 2020, I had the awesome, amazing privilege of becoming a mother for the first time. My husband and I had been on the adoption journey for a couple of years and we had been waiting and you kind of feel like I'm like, I'm on the precipice of losing hope. And we had been waiting. And then we got 24 hour notice that there was a baby born in Las Vegas and we made the decision to pursue adoption. And it was amazing. What I wildly underestimated when it comes to parenthood is the extension of grace, is that I felt up into this point that I was pacing and driving and striving. And then all of a sudden, a human comes into my life. I have no experience. There isn't a handbook. And no matter how many Google searches that you do, you're going to hear it 10 different ways on how you should be changing a diaper, making a bottle, making organic food, the whole nine. And I thought to myself, the thing that people so often need that I don't ever really get the opportunity to talk about is what would it look like if we extended grace, grace in all aspects of our life, grace when it came to parenthood, grace when it came to pursuing a passion. And then if that passion turns into a professional career, do we have grace to understand that even though we have goals, we should set them, but we're not in control of the timeline. 
the thing that I discovered when I had a daughter was I had goals and I wanted them to happen at a certain time. And then all of a sudden you realize as a parent, haha, that's funny. Your timeline doesn't matter. And so I realized that if this timeline's not going to matter in my life, then what I need is grace. I'm doing the best I can with what I have. And that's what I want people to really remember in 2021 is that even though we came off this year, it's not like one day overnight, everything changes. We have to do the best we have with what we can. And that's what again and again, I have to remind myself every day. Amen to that. I, I, you know, I also want to talk to you too. There's all of these groups popping up and I love it so much. It's groups for entrepreneurial women, by women, for women, and you are part of that. I would love for you to speak to the trend and, and just how you feel, you know, like right now it's, it's, it's the moment of the, I hate using the term boss lady, but right now it's, it's really our moment. It's our time to shine and you're pioneering that space. I can't, and I'm just going to be real. I'm going to speak my truth. I can't wait for the day when we don't call it a moment. I hope that we call it a movement. I hope that my daughter and your daughter are going to look back and be like, mom, what are you talking about? I don't remember the day that a woman was getting paid less than a man to do the same job. I don't remember the day when a woman will walk into a room and be assessed on the size of her parts instead of the size of her brain. I want my daughter to say, whatever I want to do, the world is my oyster. I can't wait for us to be like, we're pioneering a movement. I want to say, this is the freaking norm. And until we get there, I'm going to go out and share everything I know. I can say I've had the pleasure and the honor of being able to collaborate with different business owners. But in 2021, I made the decision that I am going to stay connected to six other women. And these are women in all different types of industries, but these are specific. Now I have my girlfriends. I have my best friends from high school. These are my girls, right? These are the people you talk about what you're watching on Netflix, raising a kid, talking about family drama. But when it comes to actually sharpening my teeth as an entrepreneur, I surrounded myself with a small group of women and we're dedicated to meeting online every six weeks for 90 minutes. We're having no punches pulled Uh, conversations where you come to the table and we call them hot seats. You ask a question, share a pitfall, want insight, want somebody to deal to you straight for about two to three minutes. And then we spend 10 minutes as a group coming in. Have you thought about this? What about that? What about this? And then we have a series of accountability steps thereafter so that when we meet again in six weeks for another 90 minute session, we're like, where are you at? What are your trends? And so we're starting in January and we're going to be sitting down. What do you want at the end of the year? What will have made this group worth it in 12 months for you to say, I spent my time wisely. And then we're going to map that trajectory every six weeks. I think that this is advice that everybody needs to take in their own personal life. If you want to level up in life and in business, find yourself a group and do this. Because again, it all goes back to accountability, which is what you you preach, but you you practice what you preach. Okay, I'm going to let you go, but I just want to do like a little rapid fire round for our audience because I know that you do your Ask Jasmine's and it's so wonderful. So I'm going to do it for everybody right now. Your best tips or best advice for identifying your brand. Everybody has to have a brand right now. People don't always know what theirs is. Seth Godin defines a brand as a series of set of expectations or memories that empower a consumer to choose one product or service over another. That's Seth Godin, and he's a demigod. I love him. He's the best. I want him to be my friend in real life. The hood version of a brand is what somebody says about you when you walk out of a room. That's just it. Maya Angelou said, people will forget what you said, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. That's a brand. 
When you say everybody has a brand, you're right. Your mailman has a brand. The checkout cashier, your grocery store has a brand. It's how they make you feel because you will never forget how somebody makes you feel. So how do you start identifying a brand? Ask yourself, did I ask somebody about their day? Did I give more than I took? And is there any way for me to go beyond my sphere to help somebody out? And I just don't mean financially. I mean, time-wise. I mean, mentorship. I mean, connection. I mean, support. Anything that you could do. That's your brand. Start there. Amazing. Okay. For those people who have developed a side hustle during this time, they want to take it full speed. Best advice you can give. Everything goes back to showing up and setting the expectation of what your followers and your customers, because right now they're commingled. You have followers who want to support what it is that you do, but you also want there to be a transaction. In order for there to be a transaction, consistency, you posting with consistency leads to trust and trust leads to conversations. When somebody trusts you, they're going to like, comment, or share your post. And when you respond to them, that's a mutual building of trust. It is only when somebody trusts you and only when somebody has a conversation with you that you then get the conversion. So consistency leads to trust. Trust leads to conversations and conversations lead to conversion. If you want to do a business, that right there in those four steps, you do that all day, every day, you're going to have a business. Okay. Social media, people don't know what to do. Give us four pillars that they can post. Well, first things first, you're going to want to choose a platform that your dream customer exists on. Everybody's like, oh, Instagram's popping and it's hot. It is. But what if your dream customer is a 25-year-old female? Chances are she's more likely on TikTok than she is on Instagram. What if your dream customer is a 45-year-old CEO? He or she is probably on LinkedIn. So what you want to do is first pick your platform. Where do you think your dream customer exists? Don't worry about any other platforms right now. If you're just getting started, choose one. Then we're going to have four pillars of content. If you're just getting started, about me. Simon Sinek says people don't buy what you sell. They buy why you sell it. And so often we want to lead with buy this X, buy this X. And people are like, I want to know if I want to buy from you because I can buy X from anybody else. So your four pillars, number one, about me. Number two, your why. Why did you start your business? What do you do? The more that you share that, there's going to be a higher likelihood to conversion. The benefits of what it is that you do. It can be a tutorial. You talk about how it improves life. It could be a testimonial. And then finally, you're going to be talking about a behind the scenes. This does extraordinarily well on social media. We want to showcase if you're a product or a service, are you packaging your goods? Are you writing hand notes? What does actually a Zoom meeting look like if you're a life coach? Those four things are going to be game changers as you build your brand on social media. And then actually taking the pictures, which I know is hard to show right now, but just any advice you can give to people with poses or how to hold a camera or what to do if they don't have any, you know, a professional photographer. Absolutely. So one of the things like, I mean, we'll just be real. Like during this conversation, you saw like the sunlight creeping in on my chair and all of a sudden another scene, I walk back and like the lights back and to be good. First things first, when it comes to photography, natural light always wins. I'm currently at the time of this recording, sitting in an apartment. I have a window to my right and I have a window in front of me, natural light, any place. It doesn't have to be the coolest, cleanest, Instagrammable place. Natural light is going to be fabulous. You're going to want to stand in front of a door or a window. And then what you're going to want to do is you're going to try three different angles when it comes to taking a photo of yourself or your product. So what you're going to do is you're going to want to have a straight out eye to eye angle holding the phone out. And then what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to turn it horizontal and then have it at a slightly higher angle, tilted down a little bit. And then what you're going to want to do is you're going to set up your phone. If you have an iPhone, it comes automatic. If you have an Android, you can download an app. You can choose a self-timer. 
And you could select a three second or a 10 second self timer. If you're like, I don't have a photographer. Yes, you do. It's called your phone. You put it up on a self timer. You select 10 seconds. You walk away. You hold your cup of coffee. You look out the window and you're feeling kind of good. And then nine seconds later, it pops up a photo and there you have it. You're ready to go. And that will impress people. Whenever I do that on shoots, they're always like, oh, it's the self-timer. It's the self-timer. Self there it is. How did you go from photography to everything that you're doing now? I love this question. Okay. <laughs> content. My gosh. I mean, in one word, it's content. What was happening at the time is I started my business in 2007. This is pre-social media. And what I was doing was I didn't have money for a website and I didn't have money for anything else. And so there was this free thing around this time called a blog. I started a blog, Jasmine Star Photography blog. It wasn't even mine, it was Blogspot. Okay, it was sitting on Blogspot. And what I would do is I would just document what I was learning. I took this class today. I finally saved up for this lens. I went on my first photo shoot. And lo and behold, I started attracting readers. These were some readers were clients kind of interested, like, who is this person? And she's just starting a business. And some of them were photographers. And a lot of times in the beginning, I received so much like slack. I received so much negativity. People are like, who does this girl think she is without an education who's sitting there with her best buy camera trying to start a business? And they would scoff. And yet what would happen was I created post after post explaining my process and what I was learning and what I was doing. I started building trust within a community of photographers who then started asking me, hey, how are you doing that? How are you doing that? And so I wrote a blog post every single day. And soon enough, I was being invited to photography organizations where people, just five people would show up that night. And I would be like, five people are here to hear me speak. This is amazing. And then they got bigger and bigger and bigger. Soon over time, I became an internationally recognized photographer, started speaking to thousands of people. And then what happened around 2015 were other creative professionals were kind of like, if you're doing that for photographers, could you do that for our business? And my first answer was, no, I can't imposter syndrome. I was like, no, no, I, I could only do this for photographers. And then lo and behold, I started taking on clients one-on-one. -on -one. I don't do that right now, but I started taking on clients just to see, can I do this? They got amazing, wild, powerful results. And I started thinking there's something under the hood is that business principles on any business product or service B2B, B2C is the same. And I knew I could speak to that. That's when I started creating business content period, for photographers and anybody else in order to build a brand and market it on social media. And I, I think that the number is by 2025, it's going to be $135 billion industry. Oh yeah. Isn't, I mean, it's incredible. It's also incredible when you know so many wonderful women too, you know, like I have a, my little tribe and I'm like, okay, she's doing it. She's doing and, and And when, listen, when one of us win, we all win. And it's, it's so, it's, it's a really great time. I do believe that. I believe that too. Jasmine, can you tell everybody where they can get more of your tips and how to follow you and, you know, see all that you do? Thank you so much. You can find me on all social platforms at Jasmine Star and at jasminestar.com. You are the greatest. I tell, tell Millie she did such a good job. <laughs> <laughs> My mom is going to feel so cool. You have no idea. I'll let her know. I'll let her know. Oh, you are, you're just, you're just a wonderful human being, Jasmine. Thank, Thank you. you. I, I I appreciate all of your time. Stay safe out there. 
you to you and your four masks. Go on, girl. Wear those four masks. Actually, can I just ask you one last question for this? Yeah. Because I think it goes back to your story too. Yeah. You speak so beautifully about how you grew up and let's just say resources that your family had and resources that your family didn't have. And, and look at you, like you're, you're, you know, you are, you're the walking picture of, of success, but I would love to know uh, a message that you have to people who maybe don't have the resources that the person to the right and the person to the left of them have, but they have, uh, they have a dream. Oftentimes people miscategorize success by money and material things. And I am here to tell people that my success has nothing to do with the zeros in my bank account. I should say the commas and the zeros in my bank account. <laughs> it doesn't have to do with the car that I drive. I believe that what makes me a success is the ability to continue to stand after getting knocked down. I do think, I'm going to be quite honest, this week in business and in life was a rough one. And oftentimes what people see on social media, what people see in this interview, they see 1%, they see 0.01% of the complexities of life. So I am honored that you say, you're the walking epitome of success. When I could tell you just yesterday, I got off a call and I was just like, I feel like I got punched in the gut. So when people say success, I want them to know that success is doing something you love and success is standing after you've been beaten down again and again and again. And success is sharing in the fruit of your labor with the people who helped getting you there. So regardless if I have $1,000 or a $1 million or $10 million, I still want to say I love what I do. I still want to say I'm going to continue to stand and I'm going to continue to share with my family the one, the 10, the $10 million that I have because that's success, not anything else. Thank you so much for listening to the Jasmine Star Show. I loved speaking with Joelle and I'm very grateful for the kind and warm invitation to join their show. If you enjoyed this conversation, I'd love for you to subscribe to the Jasmine Star Show wherever you are tuning in from today. I want to thank Maddie1012 for her review. Jasmine is the kind of friend you never know you needed, the support system you always wish you had, and the encouragement you need when you're at the lowest of lows. I'm grateful for her podcast and for her, a must listen. Yo, Maddie, thank you so much. And thank you for listening and subscribing. And if you want to get a little extra bonus point to potentially be shared out on the podcast as a later point in time, I would love if you left a review. I'll talk to you soon. 